Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. My name is Kyle Senner, and joining me is my co-host, Alessandro Senator. Alessandro, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, Kyle. I am doing pretty good. That's awesome. Today we are Wednesday, September 25th. Unfortunately, our other co-host, Kayla Morton, is not joining us. Um, hopefully we have her back soon, but uh, for now it'll be Alessandro and I manning the fort. We could say Eli manning the fort, but I guess that would mean... Uh, Eli Manning Jr.'s the fort. I don't know. I don't know what I tried to do there. Eli, but, uh, Eli Clone Jr. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. It, yeah, no no growth acceleration, right? No. Nope. It's Django, Django and Boba Fett. Very much. I wonder if they're going to have a bounty on the Patriots. <laughs> That's what. That's why they succeeded. Anyway, um, bounty oh. gate aside, uh, we'll oh. get to the Saints. We'll get to the Saints games later. <laughs> Sorry, Saints. Um, but anyway, yes. I have to say, defensive coordinator comes from that. Damn it. Yeah. Good luck with that, by the way. Good luck with those, you know, 40-yard deep safeties. See, see how that works. Um, yeah, this is the week four preview. Uh, we decided this week that we're not going to do uh, game recap episodes. It just becomes too much for us to do. And, um, uh, you know, for us to commit to, to have the three of us commit to two episodes was great. And then for three was too much. So... In order to get everyone involved in every episode, we're going to just go from two. I think what a lot is going to happen, though, is by doing these previews, are going to touch on what happened in the last games anyway. So I figured that was sort of the, the better way to go about that. Um, if Unless you, there's any like breaking news we need to address or anything we really need to talk about, I think we should just get on to the, the previews. What do you think, Alessandro? Um, well, there is two breaking things. Um, Adam sure. Schefter tweeted out that um, Melvin Gordon... He's got a reliable source in the Melvin Gordon uh, camp saying um, that he will be ending his holdout soon. If he ends his holdout today, he's still not playing Sunday. So we could see him at earliest next week or the week after that. But he will be ending his holdout soon. Um, it, it's difficult to see what um, how this in, in, impacts Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson because... We don't know if Melvin Gordon will be the primary back because they sat him out or it's he's coming back and again traded. But um, as far as we know, uh, Shefty tweeted out that he will be coming back. So that's the only bit of breaking news that I can actually uh, think about. All right. Um, so, yeah, so I think with Gordon, yeah, you're right. That is, uh, I feel like it, it, Gordon being there, just the quick thing in my mind would be Justin Jackson's role kind of evaporates. Not that it's too big. It's It's been so much Austin Eckler. Um, Jackson's been involved in the passing game a little bit and in the red zone. But pretty much Eckler, 75%, 73%, 65%. So last game was a little bit more in favor of Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a game where they were trying to come back late. Uh, I don't know, but you, you see, I figure, I figure a game like that would actually mean more Eckler, so a little confused by that. But yeah, Eckler, we saw it even last year. Even when Gordon was catching passes, so was Eckler. Right? It's going to be, especially with Hunter Henry out, even when Gordon returns, you got to think Eckler's going to maybe be at least in the top five on the team in targets from that point on. Because the even as, as you know, Travis Benjamin, he's been kind of seen somewhat expanded role and really has done nothing in production-wise with those snaps. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's Eckler. We always knew he was the dominant dual back right behind Gordon. And, you know, we always seen every time Gordon was out or Gordon was down, 
Eckler stepped up and just rolled it out. So I'm a little bit surprised they didn't try to trade Gordon or Eckler because they could get a King's bounty for both of them. I mean, well, I think they did try to trade Gordon. I mean, there was the reported uh, deal with the Eagles, but apparently, uh, Eagles because I, I think diligence. I think I think the the Chargers wanted the Eagles to give up a second, and the Eagles weren't willing to do it or something like that. There's the, the Chargers were asking too much of a draft pick. There was going to be like a swap of running backs and and then the swap of picks, but the Eagles pick was going to they were going to give up a second, and the Chargers going to give up a fourth, and the Eagles didn't like that, so they they nixed a, the deal. Mm. Uh, but anyway, speaking of the Eagles, I think that's a perfect transition to the uh, week one Thursday night game, which is going to be between the Eagles and the Packers. Uh, so just looking at what happened last week uh, with the Packers, um, it was a game that in terms of running back splits was was really strange. Although watching the game, uh, I felt it wasn't so strange, actually. Uh, Jones had this habit in this game of just trying to bounce everything to the outside and, and he kept losing yards on it and it just... It was kind of just like go up the middle and take what you can get, right? Like that was that was what worked against Vikings when Jones was quickly moving north south instead of the east west stuff. So I think that was a real reason. Like Lafleur was recognizing that. Like why do you keep bouncing it out? And then they put Williams in, and Williams is just a north south runner. He doesn't want to. He never wants to go bounce outside. He's not fast enough, and he knows that. He knows his own, you know, how to play his best football. And at the time, that's what kind of what was being exploited. The with the you know the great edge rushers that the Broncos have. Like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, they're also good at covering running. So if you try and run to the outside and try and outrun them, a lot of times you won't be able to. It's the Broncos are definitely a team that you need to attack up the middle, and that's sort of how you know that that's what favors Williams in that case. The problem in this matchup with the Eagles, though, is that defensive line is it's it's similar to the the, the Broncos in that they have good edge rushers can kind of get the guys, but it's so solid up the middle that you can't even really run up the middle. So in well, not I mean, I, I definitely don't think. It's less, but it's still. I mean, yeah, you're right. This year, this is definitely not the same team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. There's been enough changes. There's enough pieces that are still there. But to me, it's a matchup that definitely favors Aaron Jones for that reason. Uh, if he can somehow bounce things to the outside, I think he's going to have more success there than than running up the middle. I don't think Jones is a, is a must start though. I think if you've got other running back options, uh, I'd consider sitting him. I know. Okay, and here's a, a particular decision that I'm faced with. Uh, where I'm trying to attack this matchup, I want to I want to put one of my Green Bay players in the lineup. And it is Aaron Jones or Marquez Valdez Scantling. Both are kind of like my RB three and my wide receiver three. So that you know, operating with the assumption that this is going to be a flex player. But again, they're a Thursday night players, so I'm going to put regardless whoever I decide to put in, I'm going to put in in that running back wide receiver slot. Uh, part of the issue is I have T. Y. Hilton as my wide receiver one, so not knowing if he's going to play or not really impacts that because obviously if he's not playing, Valdez Scantling would definitely go in. Um, whereas I I Zarka, I was coughing. That's okay. So not having all the information kind of impacts that decision, but just, it seems like where the Eagles have been weak this year has been against wide receivers. Uh, they've allowed a lot of production. I mean, and we saw it in Washington week one, right? We were, we were all pretty shocked by that and it hasn't really stopped. Um, I mean, even last week, the, the, the lions lit them up and the lions do have some talented receivers there. And, um, I guess 27 points isn't like totally laying them up, but still it's, it's enough. And I think the, that the Packers, if they're going to exploit them in some way, it's probably going to be through the air as opposed to on the ground. So to me, if I'm looking at those two players, Valdez Scantling or Aaron Jones, I think I'd rather play Valdez Scantling and leave Jones on the bench just because I don't know that the Eagles have corners that are good enough deep. Um, 
Malcolm Jenkins, great safety. So over the middle. So again, I, I wouldn't play Jimmy Graham at all in this matchup. I think that's he's a he's an avoid for sure. There's da- there's enough better tight end options that you can afford to not play Jimmy Graham. Um, and I don't really like Geronimo Allison either, especially not the way they've been using him. He's gotten one pass that's been past the line of scrimmage, and it was a 25-yard touchdown, right? It's like it's 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 all or nothing with him, right? And most of it, his stuff has come around the line of scrimmage, kind of like what they did with Aaron Jones last year, uh, which was super annoying. But so, yeah, so I think those guys are avoid. And I mean, Devontae Adams is obviously a must play. Uh, What I noticed last week was they started putting him on the outside more. And because that Chris Harris was kind of playing off him. And then whenever he did that, Rodgers would target him immediately. But then that's all that then he he would never target him. Otherwise, he ended up with four targets, which he hasn't done that since like early 2016. Just as, as he was about to emerge as the number one guy in the Packers and overtake Jordy Nelson. Uh, but so, so that being said, him in this game, if he's played again on the outside like that, he, he's not going to have Chris Harris covering him. He's going to have someone that's going to try and press him more. So maybe he, if he goes to slot, it helps his production. The truth is the Eagles have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this season. So it's it to me, it's a great matchup that kind of means Adams and and uh, Valdez Cantling are kind of must starts to me. Um, and again, Valdez Cantling maybe maybe question there just because the, the volume isn't amazing it's enough though and he's on the field a lot more than anyone except adams uh like i mean week one wasn't so much but 87 percent, 88 percent of the snaps the last two weeks like they, they clearly like him out there as much as as possible so valdez scantling i think's a, a go tonight and i'd again i'd play him over aaron jones uh not tonight tomorrow night um on the eagle side uh what we saw last week was the broncos exploit the packers up the middle running so a guy like miles sanders may actually this might be his breakout that he's been waiting for uh, I think Jordan Howard becomes a decent play. Um, and maybe even Darren Sproles a little bit. Uh, I, have you heard about Alshon Jeffrey? I know there's some talk that he may play. I haven't really heard. He, um, They're going to do practice today, and then they're going to evaluate um, what they're going to uh, do. But as far as Alshon Jeffrey, uh, he is looking – he is trending towards playing Thursday night. So um, – you, again, it's a situation you got to keep an eye on because they're trying not to get him hurt or anything like that. But they're also um, uh, they're just trying to keep keep the ducks in a row. Yeah, that's uh, going to be interesting. I don't know. He, it, I guess it depends on how the Packers feel. If they think he's a threat, they're going to put Jair Alexander over him, even if he's not a hundred percent. And then I think a not hundred percent Jeffrey versus a Jair Alexander right now, who's kind of becoming a like a you know a legitimate shutdown corner, it uh, that doesn't bode well. I guess the only thing that works in Jeffrey's favor is his size, because Je- you know Alexander's. I think he's six one, six two. Like he's not massive, right? And we saw you know week one, Allen Robinson get a hundred yard game, and uh, Alexander wasn't covering him the entire time. I know there's a couple times there was Kevin King. No, he's Alexander's five ten. He he certainly the way he jumps so high, he definitely plays looks taller than he plays. But yeah, he's 5'10". So a guy like Robinson, we saw him kind of exploit that. And it's tough to, to get the contested catches. It's just, it's going to... So if, if Jeffrey... But Jeffrey not being 100%, I think, factors in there. So, Well, um, the news report came out. Uh, Jeffrey uh, was not listed on Wednesday's, Wednesday's injury report. And he will suit up against the Packers. Uh, so will um, Dallas Guzdart. Their backup tight end and JJ Arcega Whiteside, he will also suit up. Djax is expected to miss another game, so okay. You're looking at Jeffrey, you're looking at Aguilar, you're looking at uh, Whiteside, and you're looking at 
uh, Guzdart and Ertz in the two tight end set, more likely. Yeah, how the pack? I mean, to me, Ertz is a must start every week, and this is no different. And I don't know how the Packers are going to cover Ertz. Are they going to have Preston Smith cover him and not rush the passer? Because last week that was where Preston Smith was doing all his damage was was rushing. So I wonder if they play more of that. Maybe we see more of Sean Gary take over roles that was more of an outside linebacker and Preston kind of move to an inside backer and still be able to cover. I don't know. I don't know if that's how they're going to attack it. Uh, I can always have Jair Alexander shadow Ertz, which that seems dangerous. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how Petten's going to defend them. I think if Aguilar is playing in the slot, though, Tremont Williams on Aguilar is a tough matchup for Aguilar, I think. Um I guess the one thing Aguilar has over Williams is obviously the speed, right? So if you can burn right by him, then that's that's where the Packers could get into trouble. Uh, but if they're trying to run a lot of underneath stuff with Aguilar, I think that's where William, um, Tremont Williams could, you know, stop it. I mean, he's a he's a veteran. He's fourteen year veteran, and he still plays still plays great. So he's seen a lot. So I think as a as the their slot corner this year, I think he does well. Um, you know, if Alexander stays on Jeffrey and then like our Sega Whiteside or Mac Collins or whoever's on the outside is covering covered by Kevin King, that could be a good matchup. But King is well, I mean, he's gotten burned a few times. There's a couple times by Diggs, a couple times by Cortland Sutton. He's also made some good plays. So I don't know. It's tough to see where to attack uh, for the Eagles anyway as receiver, uh, given the options. I mean, Carson Wentz is probably a good play, but don't expect too much just because of how good this pass rush is. Uh, considering Jeffrey's going to be fine, I think I'd play him. Again, he's got the he's got the stature to 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 win against Alexander making contested catches and at least catch the football. It probably, I think Alexander kind of limits the yak there certainly, but I, th- I think Jeffrey maybe as a volume type of play is is good. But he could also really burn you if he if he is more of a decoy guy that they're not fully hundred percent healthy on. Um. So yeah. Uh. Any anything you want to talk about this game? Yeah. I mean, there are a few things I want to talk about. Um. I think you should go with Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, just simply because it doesn't look like the um, Eagles can protect against them. I mean, when you're looking at the numbers from last week, you can see uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Obviously, it's the whoever has a hot hand, so it could be Kenny Galladay. Lately, it's been Marvin Jones, but out of a hundred, two hundred and one passing yards, Matthew Stafford had a hundred and one went to Marvin Jones. 100 went to literally everyone else. So um, Eagles got burned big time. They don't have their edge rusher. The only one they have on the front line is Fletcher Cox. And, uh, um, I mean, I'm not going to praise up your uh, O-line because it's it's still a little hurting a little bit. But um, your O-line is pretty good and definitely a lot better than the Lions. So definitely going to have to see how that plays out. But as far as um, that goes, I could definitely see – Jamal Williams having a bigger day than Aaron Jones because the Eagles do have some edgers that can get to um, the corner. And like you said, Aaron Jones is trying to do like this east-west shit and not north and south like Jamal Williams is. So he probably will get stopped there. So Jamal Williams is the play there. But as far as wide receiver goes, I will play Marcus Valden scanning. He's been a hot hand. And honestly, I'm scared to play Devontae Adams anymore. I mean, if if he's not getting this, not getting the kind of production that he used to get, and they're just like sinking him down even more, I'll be scared to play him. I mean, honestly, I don't know what Matt Flores is doing. He has a very good slot guy in Devonte, and he put him on the outside, and he's getting up against all these corners. I mean, it's scary to think about that. 
Just, 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 just think about it. In Matt LaFleur's defense, Adams has shown in his past to be able to beat some top-tier corners before. And, I mean, he did he did it against the Vikings. I mean, he was covered by Rhodes, and he made some good receptions with Rhodes covering him and, and some good tight coverage. So, um, to that extent, yeah, getting four targets seems a little ridiculously low. I almost wonder if that's more on Rodgers than anything uh, to, to kind of him to make the decision, I'm just going to get him the football, right? And, you know, Rodgers has that kind of in his control. He could do that at any given moment, right? He could decide this is the game where he's just going to pepper Adams. Anytime he's in single coverage, you'll trust him and he'll just give it to him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, to me, he faces the easiest corner matchup he's had all season. This is not, to me, this is not the week to bench Devontae Adams. Like, if you're going to, if you were going to do it, it would have probably have been week one, week two, Vikings Bears, right? To me, the, the, the matchups get easier defensively from now on. And I, I don't know if he goes off for like 20 plus points on your bench, you're going to, you're going to hate yourself. So to, I, I think Adams is a must start. But I, will. I mean, you are going to hate yourself if he does do all that, but I'm just, uh, from, from looking at the numbers right now, I'm worried about Ad- Adams and, you know, and like you said, it could be where Pep Rogers will just pepper the shit out of him. But for right now, Marcus Valdez Scantling looks like the number one there. I know, I know that's not the case in any way, shape, or form. But from just looking at the numbers, that's what it's starting to look like. And Devontae Adams, I, I, I need him to get more targets. Give him the targets. And that's what I need right I, now. I agree. He should be getting more targets. I mean, um, and then yeah, as far as uh, MVS, wow, MVS is like, you know, 10 targets last week. But again, with a much better corner matchup than what Adams had on Chris Harris. And again, it looked like Rodgers was only going to Adams when he was wide open. Which is not because he's he's never you know in the past not been as afraid to to hit Adams if he's close one on one coverage. They've had success doing that, but it does seem like Rodgers is looking to do that less. Like he's not throwing into as many contested situations. He's looking for the wide open guys. Um, so again, I think and I think Adams can get open much more easily against any of these Eagles corners than he can against uh, Harris. Is 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 it Ronald Darby out or questionable going to this game? Yes. It's questionable for right now. All right. So uh, I, even if he's healthy, though, I don't know because he's, he's been burned a lot this year. So, again, I, I have no fear playing Adams, but I, I well, understand I, the hesitation. How I lied. He's been officially ruled out for a hamstring for Thursday night's game. Ah, okay. Well, then, yeah. To, again, to me, I will reiterate, it's a no-brainer to play Adams. And you know what? You're right. It's just that for right now, I'm worried about Adams. And you know, and this is a good matchup where he could have a good bounce back game. You know what? And if you do have Adams on your team and you're really worried about him, don't. This is not the time to panic. Wait for him to have this big game against the Eagles, and then start shopping him. If you really don't want to have the headache anymore, once he kind of regains that status as a wide receiver, one, even if it's just a one week performance, you can give people that hope and show them. They'll see it. Everyone will, and it's it's thing. It's the thing about a Thursday night game. Right? Everyone will see it on Thursday night. Uh, they'll be watching. It's finally a Thursday night game we're all excited for. Uh, <laughs> what well, last week was good. <laughs> I'm, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> it wasn't so bad when you muted it and you didn't have to hear those those two boneheads. But um, you think still wasn't great. So yeah, I think yeah, I think if, if you're if you really are worried about Adams, trade him after this week. That's that's that would be my advice. But I, again, I, I don't sell them low. Like you better be getting uh, something you really need. Like if you're good at wide receiver elsewhere, get a, a running back. You can plug in your lineup every week. Like you have to get if you're selling a guy like Adams, you have to get a starter back at least or two guys that are basically like, I don't know, even fringe flex player seems low, right? Like you got, you got to get a solid piece back if you're trading Adams. 
that's just mm-hmm. me. Uh, let's move on, because uh, as much as I would like to, 20 minutes about Green Bay Packers is not really our thing on this podcast. <laughs> I may have to do a Packers podcast on my own, but we'll see. Um, Patriots-Bills, so uh, both of your division rivals, I'll let you take the lead on this. Yeah, so um, Jets got smacked by the Patriots. We knew this going in. Uh, score ended up being 30-14. Um, there are a lot of key notes here. Um, so the Patriots are picked up Cody Kessler, who was the Jaguars, Bengals, Browns, um, Texans, um, probably, probably like three CFL player teams, like backups. He's, he's never That's played cool. in the CFL. He's never played, he's the never played in the CFL? No, he's never played in the uh, CFL. Okay. Well, they got lucky then. Um, but, uh, yeah. Because he, he keeps landing backup jobs with crappy teams. <laughs> he does. And, and and you can insert literally every, back, now, every crappy team but now. the Jets. But the Jets. And now he's on the Patriots, backing up Tom Brady right behind Jason Stidham, who gave up a pick six to Maul Adams. Surprise. Um, but, like I said, there are a lot of um, – the, the Patriots injury report has been lengthy. And it's not been lengthy in a while. So all these players were limited practice. Michael Bennett had a shoulder problem. Brady had a calf problem. Burkhead had a foot problem. Uh, their safety, Nate Ebner, he has a groin problem, which that seems a little bit more um, out there than anything else because groins really uh, do mess things up. Uh, wide receiver Julian Elman, he has a chest-slash-rib problem. Deontay Hightower has a shoulder problem. The uh, tight end, Ryan Izzo. He has a calf problem, and tight end Matt Lacoste has an ankle problem. Their OT that they brought in, Marshall Newhouse, he's in illness, and their guard, Joe Thurney, has a shoulder. Um, but uh, the good news for the Patriots is that their starting right tackle, Marcus Cannon, was back, and he was a full participant. So looking at all these guys that they were limited, I know it's Tuesday, I know it's early, but that's a lot of guys who on their starters is scaring me. I mean... They just whacked the Jets, and I know we don't hit that hard unless your name's Jamal Adams, but still, like, uh, the fact that you have all these guys on there, it, it, it hurts a lot. And I know um, Elman went out for the rest of the game. Uh, Burkhead went out at the end of the game, like, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Bennett, uh, he played through it, but, you know, he was sluggish to begin with. We barely saw him. Brady went out for one snap. And that and that cost him because Stidham went in and he overthrew to Gordon or Myers or whatever the Patriots wide receiver was at that time. I was too busy looking at the green going to the other side of the house. Um, sorry. I, I I have to have my silver lining in a cr- crushing defeat. Um, but uh, yeah, like it. There's a lot of guys, a lot of problems here. Um, we're gonna have to take a closer look at it. Come uh. Wednesday and Thursday's reports to see uh, how serious everything is. I mean, you could be limited in practice one day and full the rest of the week. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have to take a look at that. But uh, for the Bills, um, significant things. Devin Singletary will miss his fourth straight game since he played against short fourth straight practice. Bleh, I can't speak. Uh, since his game against the Giants in week two. Um He's not even limited in any way. He's just not practicing, so that's not looking good. So um, expect another Frank Gore day. Tyler Croft is not practicing after he injured his ankles, so uh, he won't be there. As well as Corey Th- uh, Thompson, he went underwent uh, ankle surgery and is out for the foreseeable future. They're looking like it's a season ender, but they're not sure. 
they that's their starting linebacker or one of their starting linebackers. Um, their cornerback Teron Johnson, he has uh, finally practiced since the first time since injuring his uh, hamstring against the Jets, but it's a limited practice. And then, um, so uh, it's definitely scary to think that this Bills offense um, going up against the Patriots is going to have uh, a tough time against the Patriots, let's say the least. Um, so uh, as far as this game goes, for the Patriots side, it's scary to think about because first off, you got to see if uh, you're going to have people injured. And you're going to see, have to see if uh, they're going to be playing in the game. Because some people couldn't play. Like, Julian Allen, he left the game. He had negative on his x-rays, but he still was uh, limited practice. So, uh, chest injuries like that, they they uh, they could be scary. Because you crack a rib or something like that and be fine or feel fine. And then you get hit in the game and, yeah, bad things. Insert very bad things. So, um, but as far as fantasy goes... Don't play Brady this week. The Bills' defense is formidable. I know Brady carves them up and all that, but it's going to be very minimal. Um, Bills have much better defense. They added Ed Oliver. They added Matt Milano back finally this year. They added a couple of new corners. The, they have Micah Hyde for Davies White. They are much better this year. Brady, Brady's going to win this game, but... Uh, I I expect to do it like 198 or something like that, not his 300 day he had against the Jets. <gasps> who are hurt far as Phil Dorsett, Rex Burkett, Sonny Michelle, everyone who's been playing Jet Sweep and all that. Sonny Michelle's been very disappointing. He had nine carries for 11 yards against the Jets. The damn Jets. <laughs> Rex Burkett had 11 carries for 47 yards and one touchdown. I mean, Sonny Michelle, I don't know what's going on with him, but I wouldn't bench Michelle. Um, obviously, I wouldn't play Burkhead because he's hurt. Uh, foot injuries on a running back is like hand injuries on a wide receiver. You don't want to see that. So um, temper expectations do not play any New England um, running backs. As far as receivers go, um, I will take Gordon. I will take Element if he will play. Um and that's about it. Uh, they split tight end sets with Ryan Izzo and um, Matt Lacoste. Izzo had that one catch for one target, 41 yards, which opened up the field. Which there was a holding call ref, but you don't want to say that. Um, but other than that, um, Gordon Elliman, maybe Myers if you're feeling frisky, but uh, or or Dorsett if you're really feeling frisky. But I would not trust anyone besides. Gordon or Elman. Um, you Patriots defense I could see playing as a as a play here, but um the flip side is I can also see the Bills play uh defense as a play here. Um you can play Josh Allen. Uh be wary that again this is not gonna be a high scoring game for QB, so it this better be a PPR slash super flex league where you got two quarterbacks and you have, you know, Phillip Rivers against Miami or something like that. Um, Frank Gore is going to get the majority of the love. Uh, again, like I said, Devin Singletary is not going to be in this game, and he's missed his fourth straight, fourth straight practice since the Giants game. So uh, definitely see more Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon. Um, as far as receivers go, uh, Dawson Knox has been phenomenal for them, but uh, I can see more of a Cole Beasley game. 
Uh, Patriots defense is hurting when it comes to slot receivers. So I would definitely see Cole Beasley or, you know, John Brown, depending on how they want to line them up. Um, one of those two uh, can definitely be the play here. Zay Jones, I would not, I would not throw in there at all. And Dawson Knox, you have to throw in at your own discretion. Um, while the Patriots are not that great as far as handling the tight end, they can limit the tight end. So you can have all the targets you want and get the PPR points. It doesn't mean anything if he doesn't get the yards with it. So um, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Frank Gore, Josh Allen, Bills defense, take what you will. I mean, this is not really a, a good game to predict as far as fantasy. There's a lot better games as far as uh, fantasy value go. I do agree. There's not a whole lot of players I'd really want to start here. Um, Patriots wide receivers. Honestly, if this game is so defensive and and it's the pass rush is getting to Brady, I think James White might be the best play in this entire game, assuming he does return. Have you not learned your lesson about James White? What do you mean? He's been, they've been, here's the thing. They've been blowing teams out. They haven't needed James White. As you mentioned, Sony Michelle not looking great. Burkhead. Burkhead played 74% of the snaps last week be, only because James White wasn't there. Like, if if the pass rush from the Bills is getting to be that potent and the Patriots need to pass to win, I think James White is the go-to guy. This, this to me, screams like the week for him. You need to play him in, like, difficult matchups where they're, they're going to need to pass. Um, as you mentioned, it's it's getting harder and harder to trust Sony Michelle each week. 22% of the snaps last week. Brandon Bolden played more snaps on offense than Sony Michelle last week. The fact that it was a blowout maybe helped that, but that's not really good. Brandon Bolden hasn't played on offense at all this year. <laughs> again, maybe that's a function of White being out, but it still it was a game where, again, Burkhead saw 74% of the snaps. So it seems like they're hurting for James White almost, and they just haven't needed it yet, but this is a game where I think they're going to need him. So uh, I agree with your call playing the receivers. I, I kind of do like playing Philip Dorsett just because he's probably going to get enough volume Everything hinges on Edelman, right? If Edelman's in, you play him. If he's out, obviously you don't play him. And if he's out, I think I definitely want to play Philip Dorsett in that case because then the volume. And Dorsett has experience in the slot. He could he could definitely shift into the slot. And then that would allow your guy, Jacoby Myers, to get on the field, Alessandro. So uh, pay but attention Jacoby to... Jacoby Myers is the slot guy. That's the thing. Oh, okay. So, then they, okay. so then they would just have Myers in the slot and Dorsett on the outside. That works too, actually. Because uh, either way, I think Tredavious White's going to cover Josh Gordon, no matter how what scenario it is. Gordon has the talent to beat him, but have we seen that next year from him? So I'm a little hesitant on Gordon. Um, I, I have him in one of my leagues. The, it's a league I'm in with the Superflex guys, John, James, and, and uh, uh, Stompy, and I'm probably going to play him this week anyway. It's uh, I, I'll have to go through and look at my lineup decisions again, but um, yeah. So I, I, it's, I think temper expectations, but I agree with you that you, you probably should play him. Uh, as for the Bill side, I agree. Ignore most players. Frank Gore is a volume play I like, just because, as you mentioned, he's going to see the most carries. Uh, Josh Allen, because, again, he has a quarterback. His his whole game is going to be getting ground ga- uh, yards, right? That's where his fantasy production comes from. I think he can still do that against the Patriots. But it's going to be a, a low ceiling, I think, for Allen. I don't really like playing any of their receivers. Cole Beasley might be the only one being the slot guy, but, I mean, John Brown's going to probably get covered by Stephon Gilmore. I, I I don't know. I can't I can't foresee wanting to play John Brown at all. Like to me, he's a sit. Like you have to avoid John Brown. I'm thinking similar to what hey, look what they did to John Ross last week. And so I see 
John Brown's fast and he's similar to what Ross does in terms of speed guy. I don't think he's a better receiver. Is he? I don't know. I, I think either way, Stefan Gilmore shuts him out and John Brown's a no go for me. Uh, but if you're ready, we can move on to the next game, uh, which is the Titans at Falcons. So uh, battle of two South teams, AFC versus NFC on the Titan side. Um, I think, I mean, Derek Henry is a must play. Not that I'm super excited about this matchup, but uh, I mean, he, I would say he gets enough volume because they, they just run so much. I mean, the Falcons are middle of the road against the running backs. Um, he managed a touchdown last week against the Jags, who are a much tougher opponent. He really limited his yards, though. I think he ended up actually finishing with less points than Leonard Fournette. So uh, take that as you will. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I still think you play Henry, though. Um, Falcons defense has been exploitable this year, like running back and quarterback wise. They do have talented pieces, though. They've got some good pass rush guys and uh, Desmond Trufant's a good corner. So uh, it's been surprising that they've allowed so much production. Um, I guess to wide receivers, they haven't really. They're they're 23rd in points allowed. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's like bottom 10 of the league, bottom 11. So that's actually not too bad against wide receivers. I guess it's just, it's, it's um, the point totals are up there. Uh, quarterback wise, I guess, okay, so that's what it is. It's quarterback. They're more middle of the pack. It just, I guess it's more going to tight ends, running backs or catching passes which again doesn't apply to Derrick Henry if, unfortunately. Um I don't know. I think I think you can maybe play Mariota in Superflex leagues. I don't know that I'd, I'd, I'm no, super no. excited about that. No, don't do it. Just don't do it. I th- I think you can do worse. Like I mean if you're given the choice Mariota or, or like a Tom Brady as we just mentioned against that tough Bills defense. I I'll take I would... Gardner Minshew. Uh they're playing who are they playing? Um uh... They are playing insert. Oh, Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, yeah. against the Broncos, I would. Yeah, probably. Minshew maybe seems like a good pick there. So Mariota's, again, a super flex QB2. He's a maybe. If depends on what you need. Uh, if you need to, if you need to throw him in there and you're really scared of some other matchups, I don't mind it, but I don't, I'm not crazy about it. I, I, Delaney Walker is a great play at tight end, and I think at this point a must play just because there aren't that many tight ends that kind of get it's not like his volume's that big, but it's volume on his for on his team is pretty large. He's usually among the league, the team leaders each week. Uh, last uh, last week, I think he tied. He had six targets. There's uh, Tajay Sharp also had six targets. So uh, and again, touchdown guy. He gets the end, he gets the end zone looks, the red zone targets. So I think Walker's a good play, but I'm not really crazy about any of the receivers. So maybe just Walker, Henry. It's kind of similar to last week, I think, for the Titans. Falcon side, obviously Julio's a play. Calvin Ridley really disappointed last week. Um, and I know that the... So I can't remember which podcast I was listening to. I think it was uh, the Fantasy Pros one. Mike Taglier pointed out that Calvin Ridley against zone throughout his career has not done very well. He's a guy that beats man coverage a lot more. But zones tend to confuse him. And he has a, he has a hard time finding soft spots in zones and getting open against zone defenses. So, you know, that's something avoid kind of avoid zone defenses with him if you if you can. Uh, the Titans do tend to play more man. They trust their corners, Butler and stuff. So I think it's a good matchup for Ridley. I, I, and he's probably he's probably going to see Logan Ryan. I don't know that that he can't beat Logan Ryan. So I, I think I, I'd play Ridley. Uh, Hooper's uh, Hooper's been so well because he's been getting so many red zone targets that might stop. But it, it could it could keep going, but we've seen it at the, you know it's something they 
when they need to exploit it, they will. Certainly against the Titans' pass rush, it might be a, a good outlet for Matt Ryan. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe play Hooper. Devontae Freeman's though, where it really gets scary. We like last week, it was the same thing, right? Do we we trust the volume? And Fre- Fournette last week against the Titans got twelve points. Do we think Freeman can get to twelve points? I'm I don't know. Uh, we'll see with if Edo Smith plays. I know he's out with the concussion. He missed. That's what he missed most of last game with. Uh, if he plays, then it it obviously limits what Freeman's upside is and how much time he's on the field. There's a 62-38 split in week two where then it skyrocketed up to 90% when when Edo Smith was out. But they also didn't have Brian Hill or Divine Zigbo active. So I don't know that even if Smith's out, it's going to go back to 90%, but he should see the majority of the targets. But against this Titans defense, it's really tough to trust him to get a big total going. So I, I don't know. Freeman's a maybe, and it really depends on what you have elsewhere on your team if you if you can afford to do it at running back like i don't know how would you feel like between freeman and the guy we just talked about frank gore right they're both going to get uh enough targets although i think freeman's more involved in the pass game give me gore Gore. yeah again both both matchups are kind of scary uh we saw yeldon get involved that's my only hesitation with gore is that it does seem like yeldon's the preferred third down back whereas freeman gets that role he's he is the third down back and the goal line back as long as ito smith's out so uh, may, that might be something to wait Sunday for more information on that. Because I'll be honest, that's the particular decision I, I'm faced with right now. Who's going to be my RB2 behind Fournette? Anyway, that team is pretty depressing. So let's not let's not dwell on that. Um, do you want to talk about the Browns-Ravens? Uh, sure. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, fun times happening around there. You know, come from my uh, old Jets head coach, Rex Ryan, taking shots. Love it. Um, so as far as uh, this is an AFC, AFC North, blah, can't talk, uh, AFC North team uh, matchup here. Cleveland Browns or Cleveland Indians, as I like to call them, the former Indians, just because they're playing so poorly now. Don't know what happened. Everyone's loved them, hyped them up, gave them the crown, everything. And everything's come crashing down. They've played... They've only won against my Jets, which is not saying much considering I have a league-leading people on IR right now. Um, right now, they're playing the Ravens in Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, in Baltimore, um, which is already a disadvantage to them because Lamar Jackson's just been complete fire. I mean, the man's been phenomenal. Um they uh, just took their first L to the Chiefs, but then again, it's Patrick Mahomes, and we got we got a taste of uh, the the future of the NFL, so to speak, between Mahomes and um, Lamar Jackson. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I was kind of you know happy about the game. You know, Lamar still dropped two hundred sixty-seven um, yardage on him, so I, I was still happy about it. But um, this is going to be a different this. Game is definitely going to be interesting, just for a simple fact that it's um it's an individual rival game. So interdivisional rivals always play each other harder than normal, and you know the Browns just took a shellacking from the uh, the Rams at home. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been missing throws. He went eighteen for thirty six. I mean that's that's not good in the long run. And when your uh, head coach is calling out f- four wide. When you're in the red zone, um, coach, what are you doing? 
so definitely uh, as far as this game goes, I'm not playing Baker Mayfield. I'm benching him. And there's no other there, there's nothing you could do to stop me otherwise. I mean the the guy needs to get benched, needs to figure himself out. He needs to stop being this little brat that we're all seeing on TV. Oh, you're not a brown, so I can't take anything from you. No, listen up, kid. I mean, he, he just got too big of himself. Everyone started giving him all this credit, all the fame, all the love, this and that, and he just took it, ran with it. He needs to come back to reality and start playing fundamental football, it seems. He's missing bath. He's missing throws. He's doing things incorrectly. Like, it's not looking pretty anymore. And he has a good supporting cast. He has Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb. Uh, they so they picked up Ricky Seals Jones. I mean, they have a good cast, and they could do things. But you know, I think Baker Mayfield's just got too big for his britches right now, and he's not playing fundamentally good football. And when you look at the plays, there's a lot of plays that have been kept alive because of stupid penalties made by the other teams. Otherwise, there would be a lot more free and outs. So. I got to wait for Baker Mayfield to play more fundamentally good football before I uh, start um, putting him back in my love columns. Uh, as far as the Browns go, I'm not playing Baker Mayfield. I'm playing Nick Chubb, though. Uh, while the Ravens are good against the run, Nick Chubb, I'm expecting to have a good day because he's just the power back. And with uh, um, C.J. Mosley on the Jets now, they don't have that true true one run stop like they did last year and there's a lot more leeway considering since the Chiefs who you know pretty much rotated backs between Daryl Williams and LaShawn McCoy was able to rack up 140 yards there's a couple from Mahomes and Darwin Thompson with Miko Harmon but 140 yards there's 116 between Daryl Williams and LaShawn McCoy they're able to carve the Baltimore Ravens uh, rush game up so I definitely see uh, Nick Chubb having a good day. As far as receivers go, I mean, you could play OBJ because he's a first-round pick, but other than that, I would not play anyone else. I mean, I don't even want to play OBJ at this point. You know, they, they had 195 yards. The only touchdown went to Demetrius Harris, who was the rookie, and that was for two yards. Jarvis Landry didn't get a touchdown. Odell Beckham didn't get a touchdown. They got nine targets each. Landry holding three of them, three of them he couldn't catch, and three of them he dropped. Odell dropped two, caught one, uh, was overthrown by one, so he was able to catch six or, uh, of the nine. But I mean, that that that, that that's huge in the fantasy world and regular world. That's huge when you get targeted nine times and only catch three of them for sixty-two yards. That's, that's starting to say a lot about your quarterback and about yourself. So that worries me as far as the rounds go. As far as the Ravens go, give me Lamar, give me Mark Ingram. I'll take Gus Bus because he got seven carries on 53 yards at your boy. Justice Hill even got a little fun in the game for one carry. Um, like, I know it's not much, but still. <laughs> at, the, at that point, it was just, let's just throw him in there. But Mark Ingram, uh, Gus Edwards is a flex play, but I wouldn't play him. But still, Mark Ingram. Um, give me Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed. Uh, Mark Andrews, I know Mark Andrews hit the floor and he came back down to earth, but I'm expecting a huge game from him. He's getting the targets, he just needs to catch them. So, that, that, that's who I want for the Ravens. 
Uh, and here, this here's the thing. Do you you remember where I had Baker ranked preseason, right? Quarterback wise, uh, near the top, pretty sure. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I had him in the top ten. Um, and honestly, I had him part of that second tier, right? That, uh, but it's funny because that was not a tier I targeted a lot in drafts. I found that tier was going too early. I, I was, you know, especially in superflex league, I was not afraid to go after Mahomes, Watson, Rogers. Like those were those three guys I have a lot of on my teams. But then. I have a lot of Prescott and Lamar Jackson. But anyway, so I was really high on Baker coming in. Maybe not as high as other people, but so just know that from that perspective, when I say this in one quarterback leagues, I think Baker Mayfield's droppable. Like I, I couldn't stand having him. Like I'd rather go out and pick up like a Phillip Rivers, especially he this is. week against the Dolphins. Um, because that offensive line just cannot protect him. And he's a very accurate quarterback, but he's not a throw-on-the-run type quarterback. I know everyone kind of thinks he has mobility, but he's that's not really his game. His game is to stand in the pocket and just throw dimes accurately. And he's good at throwing the ball quickly. Um, it does seem like the Browns' offensive system is kind of letting him down a little. And not just the line's not protecting him, but they're not really designing enough. Like, Jarvis Landry's spending way too much time downfield. His, his best strength, at least for what this team needs, is his underneath stuff, because that's what they need to get the ball out quicker. He's So, I don't know. It just it's, Something's not clicking there with that. Uh, and I, I don't know that it's Baker. I think I'm kind of on the side that it's really on Freddie Kitchens needs to be designing this these plays better because the offensive line can't protect for what Freddie Kitchens wants to do. And so he has to be adapting to that, understanding that what he wants isn't what this offensive line is allowing for or go out and trade for offensive linemen. I mean, maybe they should have got on the phone with the Dolphins and got Laramie Tunsil. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so I, I think Baker, like you mentioned, Nick Chubb is a must-play uh obviously i think odell's a must play landry against the ravens may do well uh i don't it's not a horrible play it's that depends on who else you have on your teams i suppose uh but i think it's it's a good maybe and then uh i love how you mentioned justin Hill, but it's really all about mark ingram ingram's a great play uh i think most of the ravens are going to be good plays you know if you've used jackson up to this point i think you should just continue to use him because even if he struggles at passing he'll still get enough rushing yards to give you at least a solid floor every week so i think he's a every week play really a quarterback mark andrews is every week tight end uh i don't think he's tight end one overall anymore but he's he's definitely a tight end one on the season and he's probably going to finish that way as long as he's healthy uh i guess what gets tricky is like marquise brown do you trust the rookie here uh the browns do have a good defense i mean they've got a good defensive line Maybe they get after Jackson, so a deep threat like Brown isn't as used. So he, he's a little scary. I don't think he's a, a must-start like the other Ravens players are. Um, and, and, Kyle, here's the thing. I mean, first off, um, the, the the Brown secondary is hurting a lot. So if Jack, Jackson get the ball off quick, I mean, definitely the boy is a, a, a good play there. So um, the, the man's phenomenal. First off, and he's doing this in his rookie year, so I truly do like Hollywood Brown. But yeah. As far as the is the O line, you know, that that seems to be the excuse. It's not Baker. It's the O line. It's Freddie Kitchens. No, it's. I mean, granted that 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 plays a factor in there, but it's Baker too. I mean, even yeah, when he you, does have time in his pocket, you're yeah. looking in. There's definitely a lot of um, force plays that he's doing. And as far and his only gave got him three sacks against the Rams, which I mean, I was actually expecting. Go, I thought they'd get five or six sacks. So, so so I mean that that doesn't say his O line's completely terrible. Considering the Rams have, you know, Eric Weddle, uh, Keith Lee, Josh Johnson, Aaron Donald, Corey Lill, um, 
Corey Littleton, excuse me, Clay Matthews, Marcus Peters, Dante Fowler. I mean, these are ed- these are edge rushers, put it in your face kind of guys, and it's only three sacks. So the, the O-line can hold somewhat, but, I mean, as far as Baker goes, you need to drop him. I mean, until he gets game. I agree. I, I mean, again, I, just because I don't think it's his fault doesn't mean it, the result's the same. You, I think one quarterback leagues, Baker's droppable. Uh, Dynasty or Superflex, I'd hold him. Uh, I think, you know, in, in Superflex, it, honestly, in Superflex, you can't really afford to drop a starting quarterback, right? Like, there's no, there's never enough starting quarterbacks that you can just drop a starting quarterback in Superflex. Um, and if there is, then that's then people really aren't playing it properly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, single quarterback league, not only not startable, but yeah, you're right, totally cuttable. And um, as far as the Odell Beckham, I know he's a first, first rounder for most people, um, early second for those who got him lucky, but... Um, he's more of a flex play until I can see a better Baker Mayfield because Odell's good, but you know, he, he needs the yardage and receptions and touchdowns to be that true number one wide receiver that we know and love. So I would put him more as a flex play until I can see a better Browns passing game. Well, I mean, I think a flex play is a little harsh. I know wide receiver scoring this year has been huge, right? So it takes a lot to be a wide receiver one, but um, I mean, even last week, 11.6 points against the Rams. That's, I don't know. Uh, I think that might have been enough to be a wide receiver too last week. Maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is a flex play. But again, we saw a week against the Jets. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's a you know more about the Jets than anything else. But twenty eight point one points. Uh, if they can just Jets. get if they can just run some more slants like that and get him the ball in space like that. I, I don't know, but we'll see. You're you're right. It's I don't know. It's it's still it's the kind of the same thing though. Maybe not as much as Adams. Like because I just believe Adams is gonna have a great week. But I think Beckham. You still have to start him every week. No, no, Adams is, is, is going to be better overall, but um, the, the the Ravens' secondary is not as great as, you know, your secondary yeah, is. No. But uh, it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm putting OBJ as my flex until I can see something better. I need to see better production coming from them if I won't be playing OBJ like that, or I'm just going to sell him for someone else to let someone else deal with that headache. Well, and that's the and okay. Well, you see, I, I that's where I really disagree. I don't think this is the time to sell Beckham. You're selling so short on him. Um, I don't know. Wait till like wait till another big game, like post Jets. But like if you wait the week after he has a big explosive game, that's when I'd sell him. Don't sell him after he really struggles, right? You want to because you've eaten all this struggle up to this point. You're just going to give up while he's struggling. Like if, you know, at least wait till he gets another twenty plus point game and then kind of sell high. Or at least sell the idea that he's a little higher to someone. That's just me. Uh, let's move on to Washington and the Giants. Uh, so on the Washington side, um, really, Case Keenum becomes a play. Uh, it's again, it's I feel like this how I feel about with Mariota, right? I could take it or leave it, right? If I have better options, I'll look elsewhere. But if I'm really scared of some other matchups with my quarterback too, and it's a super flex league, I'll, I'll play him. I I mean, quarterback in one quarterback leagues, I maybe Case Keenum's rostered, but I don't know. He probably do better. Uh, running back wise. This might be a week for Peterson if Washington can kind of keep a lead against the Giants. Otherwise, Chris Thompson has been at least a, a volume kind of flex play at running back just because he's been getting enough receptions. Uh, scary Terry McLaurin. I don't know. Which I know that there's controversy on who, what everyone wants as the nickname. I know some people are going with the McLaren F1. Um, I've heard a couple others. I, I, I don't know. I like the Scary Terry, that Rick and Morty reference. I'm all about that. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's, I mean, somewhere this is at it. 
no rookie in NFL history has ever had five catches and a touchdown in each of their first three games. So that's historic. Strangely coming out of Washington this year somehow. Uh, <laughs> historic for a good reason. <clears throat> so I think McLaren's entered into the every week must start. Even if he is your wide receiver three, I think you, you know you, you can play him every week pretty confidently. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is just keeps getting burned all year. Like he's really not the same jackrabbit he used to be. Uh, Hope springs eternal, and these young players coming in and they're just burning by him. So I think McLaurin will probably do the same. He's I think he's fast enough to be able to beat Jenkins. Uh, otherwise, on this team, I don't really see anywhere else to really target. Maybe Vernon Davis, a tight end. I didn't almost say Vernon Adams this time. I suspended that this week. More on that. More on that later. For those who actually listen to my CFL streams. Um, so, yeah, Vernon Davis. Maybe if you need him at tight end, I don't think it's a horrible matchup against the Giants. It might be one of the better ones you'll find. So if you're kind of streaming tight ends, he could. He's an option if you've had him the last couple of weeks and there's no one really out there. I think you can kind of keep holding them and ride him this wave at least until Jordan Reed comes back. Presuming he comes back. We'll see about that. Uh, Giants side, Daniel Jones has arrived. Um, and in Superflex Leagues against Washington, I think it's definitely playable. Certainly, you know, and here's a guy like, okay, so we talked about Mariota, right? And you're scared of Mariota. Would you rather play Daniel Jones? Listen, you don't want me to get started on Daniel Jones. I'll start shredding into bits. I, I agree. I'm not the biggest fan of him either, but I like this matchup. And I mean, and you, you got to know that they've they obviously prepared for division opponents more so than others. So this would have been an opponent that Daniel Jones at least m- probably more prepared to face than others uh, at home. I don't know. I, I there aren't going to be that many weeks because I think they have a tough schedule coming up the next couple games. But this is a time where I think you could play Jones this week. Um, in Superflex leagues, he probably was drafted, so it's not like in Superflex he was picked up. Yeah, one Q- QB leagues. Maybe. I mean, if you're someone that's been rattled by quarterback injuries, I had Breeze and Ben. Oh, no, what do I do? And you missed out on Rudolph and Bridgewater. Jones is a decent option. At least he's starter, right? Um, Wayne Gallman, I guess, gets a lot of play this week just simply for volume. Uh, I think I'd still rather play Freeman Gore like we talked about those guys. Those guys are same volume type players, but it's a decent matchup. Um, Evan Ingram's obviously a must-play at tight end. No-brainer there. Sterling Shepard's starting to get more work again now that he's come back into the offense. Uh, and similar to Janoris Jenkins. I don't know that Josh Norman's that great of a corner anymore. So Sterling Shepard, I think he's definitely playable here. What do you think? What, uh, you can tear into Daniel Jones if you want, or we can leave it at that and talk about the other players. No, I want to tear into Daniel Jones a little bit. Not, not right. entirely, but a little bit. It's only one game. Come on, people. Stop being blind. Okay, it's the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers having a god-awful defense. And yep, it's yep. coached by the, my former head coach, who he's a really good defensive coordinator when he has talent. There is no talent on the damn freaking Buccaneers defense, okay? You you may have one or two guys, but that doesn't make an entire team. And Daniel Jones is able to carve them up a little bit, and now it's all of a sudden he's the freaking savior in New York. No, he's not. I promise you. He, it's the first game. It's literally the only game. Everyone started proclaiming Patrick Mahomes after his first year as the next GOAT, next thing. No. Give it a couple seasons and give Daniel Jones a couple games, and then we will talk about it. But until then, he's a rookie who got lucky. A lot of rookies got lucky. Come on, people. Just just, just, just use, your, use your noggin a little bit. And as far as Daniel Jones go, 
He's the guy in New York now because Eli's out. I will say that. Okay, I will agree with that. He is he, Eli's out. I'm sorry, Eli. Thank you for defeating the goat twice in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, and all that good jazz. But especially in 2007, I don't really care about 2011. Whatever, another Super Bowl victory for the Patriots. But yeah, if, we, if they got a perfect season, we would never hear the end of it. Oh, God. just like. Um, so just to kind of quiz you here, then looking just at this matchup, would you rather start Case Keenum then, if you were cho- yeah, tasked with that choice of Case Keenum, Daniel Jones? Give me Keenum because he has Terry McLaren. Who's been good and like you said, you've been tearing up Jack Rapid, which I think it's more of the fact that he doesn't want to play in New York anymore. Because if you look at some of the rhetoric that he's talking, he just doesn't want to be there anymore. And frankly, I don't blame him. I mean, New York's sinking because it needs to get better, but it's not taking the full tank like the Miami Dolphins are. So, which doesn't seem like it inspires much hope because I don't know that he would rather go play for the the Dolphins. At least now with Jones, maybe maybe Jones coming there and starting will galvanize his team more than anything. That like the players themselves will play better than anything else, than actually like the quarterback change will make them better, right? Like the, the mental side of it might be more powerful than the actual field results, but um, I, I think it's fair. And again, Case Keenum does have a good matchup this week against the Giants, <laughs> right? So this is this is a game they that both have low- good matches against each other. Both, well, that's the thing. Both defenses are bad enough. That this could actually end up being a shootout game where a lot of players actually become fantasy viable from it. Right, so it's this game's could go, and and it could just be a slug, uh, sluggish game where the neither offense can get anything going, right? And they might just both decide to run the football a lot, and then no one gets any fantasy production. So it could like teeter either way. Um, I suppose these aren't the offenses you really invest into to kind of bank on highly, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, moving on to the Panthers and Texans, Alessandro, lead us away. All right, so um, Panthers are dealing with Cam Newton being out again. Um, so with Cam Newton out and he's having, they're saying a lifts, lifts Frank's injury, which is also interchangeable with high knee injury, which is also interchangeable with high sprain. And they use a lot of words and they're interchangeable all the time. Look, Cam's going to be out and he needs to be out. The, The man's hurt. He's never fully properly healed. It's time for Kyle Allen. And Eric Reed is preaching for Colin Kaepernick to come to Charlotte. And no, just let's play Kyle Allen because Kyle Allen, he can actually use the playbook that um, the Panthers drew up for Cam. And I think that's a huge thing. You know, Cap can be a, a quarterback that's good, but we haven't seen him play since 2016. And when you look at the game against the, um, the Cardinals, Kyle Allen, he actually he didn't get rushing yards, but he was able to carve up and move around in the pocket, in the backfield, and make the throws. 19 for, 20, 19 for 26, 261 yards, four touchdowns. That's good for a guy who like didn't get first-team reps and was thrown out there. His biggest target, his biggest uh, blanket, shocker here, Greg Olson. You know, he was Cam Newton's blanket. So it's, it's no surprise that he's going to be Greg Olson's blanket. And, I mean, granted, the Cardinals' defense is terrible. Um Without Patrick Peterson, you're looking at a very bad secondary. I will grant you that, but still, I mean, when you look at a Texan versus Chargers, Phil Rivers, obviously two different uh, quarterback calibers, 318 yards, 31 for 46. Um, he cut up the Houston defense, uh, Houston's secondary. Like I said, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying Kyle uh, Allen and Phil Rivers are on the same level. But uh, he was able to cut them up a little bit. So, I mean, it's a matter of 
who all right how should i say this it's a matter of who do you trust more and i you know i trust the houston defense more so i don't want kyle allen but i think you have to play him if you have cam you had to go after him and i think uh, he's a good play here it's it, you're not going to get much but it's definitely a good play here and um what that means for the pass catchers i don't know i Greg Olson was the biggest one. Curtis Samuel was the next biggest one. DJ Moore was barely targeted, but he got massive yardage because he's a fast speeder. Um, McCaffrey came back out into the fantasy spotlight again. 24 carries, 153 yards. Yeah, you heard me right. 153 yards. One touchdown. I mean, he came back out. I mean, he even had three catches, uh, four targets for three catches, 35 yards. I mean, he came back. And so... I, I I don't expect Kyle Allen to have a big day, but I expect him to have a good enough day. I would play him. Uh, obviously, you're going to play McCaffrey, who finally had a bounce back game after I don't know what the hell happened against the Bucks, but let's just call that you know. Uh, uh, he got his Turner to get screwed. That's stop. Uh, yeah, okay. Stop. <laughs> it was her, his turn to get screwed. Is that what you're trying to do? Turner, his Turner, because he got his he got Turner. screwed by because he got screwed by North Turner's play calling. He did. Like, he really did. And well, I mean, again, Cam was dealing with the injury during that game, and he really he played well, and then he got hurt, and he could really see a, a drastic drop in his production. Like it clearly affected his ability to throw, not not having that foot be 100. percent So, uh, in a low key way, I actually think, at least in the short term, these Panthers receivers are getting an upgrade. Right, just because again, an unhealthy Cam was hurting them. Right, so they get a bit of a reprieve here with Josh with uh, Kyle Allen. Um, I know some people make the joke that he's the better Allen quarterback, but uh, I mean he I, he has the better name. I wouldn't go that far now. <laughs> he has the better name. We can admit that, Josh. Yes, we can. Name Josh. Uh, but yeah, I, I like playing DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel here. The the Texans defense isn't what it was five years ago. I mean it. They've got good pass rushing pieces, and it's certainly a decent run-stopping unit, but they, they definitely don't have the corners. And not having Clowney and having that second presence as a pass rush doesn't make it quite as, you know, always in your face. That would be play, and you, quarterbacks can't do anything. So I, I think all three of those guys, those main Panthers weapons, the DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Greg Olson, they're all still playable this week. At this point, the tight end landscape, you know, if you missed out on everyone else and you had to pick up Greg Olson – I don't know if there's anything out there that's better than Greg Olson for you to go get. Maybe a trade. I know I'm kind of working on a trade right now where I have Olson, and I'm trying to trade to see if I can get like a like a buy low on OJ Howard. Maybe someone panics because they've seen what you know. They see that zero in week two, and, and just like oh, that could happen again. Maybe I don't know. Maybe find a way to to kind of buy off Olson's value. But if you if you can't sell him, I think he's still worth playing this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and look, um, as far as Kyle Allen goes, we do have to know that he fumbled twice and lost one of them. So there, so we have to understand that going in. But, you know, Greg Olson is the security blanket here for most quarterbacks. Um, Kyle Allen, Colin, not Colin Kaepernick, um, Cam Newton. Hell, if Colin Kaepernick goes there, it's going to be Greg Olson. He is a quarterback security blanket. And right now, Chris McCaffrey is also looking like a security blanket for him as well. I mean, he did get targeted four times, but he got the poundage. You know, 20, keep pounding. Go Panthers. Um, <laughs> 24 carries. I mean, that, that, that that's huge production volume right there. And he got 153 yards out of it and touchdown. 
So it's definitely there. They're definitely going to keep pounding. I mean, and look, when I say security blanket, some guy in a fantasy league of mine, 10-team league, traded Chris McCaffrey for Larry Fitz, Darren Waller, Kyle Murray, and Matt Breida. If that doesn't scream, um, you know, fantasy blanket, then here's a better one. Some guy traded Julio Jones for Greg Olson, Phil Lindsay, and Matt Breida. I mean, if you if you a if you really desperately need a tight end and b like your depth is shot, then I guess that makes sense. But yeah, that's really tough to envision that being a good one. Can you can you repeat the first trade again? Oh, it was um, the guy gets um, Christian McCaffrey, and he and he yeah he gives up Christian McCaffrey. He gets Matt Breida, he gets um, Larry Fitz, Darren Waller from Oakland to tight end, and Kyler Murray. Is this a super flex or or straight up PPR? Single quarterback, yeah. That, you see, neither of those trades are worth it to me. Like, if you're giving up a piece like McCaffrey or as you, the second one you mentioned with Jones, um, like you got to get something back. Like to me, if, if I'm giving up an every week starter, at least one part of the package has to be a guy I can put in my lineup every week. And you get that with the tight ends, but I'm not trading Christian McCaffrey so I can get a, a you know a, just so I can get a tight end one for the sake of having a tight end one. Like, I feel like your team is better off having McCaffrey, having that huge production, and then just streaming tight end, right? And you're giving up a tight end knowing that you're stronger at other positions. So, yeah, neither of those trades make your team better. Like, I get it if you're, you know, if you have McCaffrey and you're 0-3 and, and you're like, shit, I've had him and I nothing – having him hasn't won me games. I, you know, get rid of him for some depth. And then, then at that point, I would want at least two guys that I can put in my starting lineup every week. Right, like, and like, I need to just drastically change my team over like that, like, and make it upgrade at two spots if I'm downgrading, because where are you going to go from McCaffrey, right? Who, who's, you know, can you get up McCaffrey and get Barkley somehow? But if you're zero and three, Barkley's not really helping you. Like, if you're, if you're a winning team with McCaffrey, like you're three and zero, and you want to maybe venture into that, I suppose. But I don't know if if I'm getting McCaffrey, I better be getting something really good back. So neither of those deals make sense to me. At least for the person giving up McCaffrey Julio. For the guys getting <laughs> McCaffrey Julio, yeah, if you get that deal, you make that deal. Like, I'm giving up that to get McCaffrey any day. I mean, the guy has Lamar Jackson as his QB, and he just got... Yeah, no, you see, I, I'm sorry, I would I'm sorry. not... I lied. I lied. He has Patrick Mahomes, and he just got um, Kyle Murray and Larry Fitz. I mean, that's that. that Honestly, <laughs> if you have if you have McCaffrey and you have Patrick Mahomes, and you really need to make a trade, I'd trade Mahomes. Get get a, a half decent quarterback like Murray, so that you can like increase at running back drastically. But like even that package wouldn't be worth it for Mahomes, I don't think. Like like I don't know, this guy needs to kind of negotiate a bit better and get the deals that are better. Like Mapparita is not really helping that much. Like he gets a lot of volume, but it's never the good volume you want. Like it, no receptions. One red zone carry all season. <laughs> like it's all going to Jeff Wilson in the, at the goal line and in the red zone. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah, it suck. I don't know. Maparita. <laughs> and again, if you're going to trade for Maparita, wait till after the bye week. Wait next week, and then you know you have Burita the whole season. You don't have to worry about his bye week. That's true. That's true. Actually, <laughs> go out and get Le'Veon Bell next week, knowing that you, you've passed his bye week and you can get him the rest of the year. That might be, I don't know. Could be something to work at. Uh, I, did you go through the Texans? I think no. I, no we, we got sidetracked with a lot of information from the Panthers. But all right, as far as the Texans go, you're going to start Deshaun because he has the running upside, and the Panthers can't defend against the run for anything. 
it seems. They can sack quarterbacks pretty well, but that, you're right. That's yeah. yeah, they can sack quarterbacks because they sacked Kyle Murray eight times, but then again, his O-line is god-awful. I mean, it really and then, we, and then we see what the Texans have. I mean, Shaq okay. Thompson, Eric Reed decided to have a sack. Brian Burns had a sack. Christian Miller had two sacks. I mean, the Mario Addison decided to have a 3P on that day. But as far as uh, the Texans go, I mean, the, the Kyle, Kyle Murray was able to run eight times. Granted, a lot of that had because he, he was about to die. Uh, eight carries, 69 yards. David Johnson. Duke Johnson. Uh, David Johnson. Oh, oh, you're talking about last game. Sorry, I'm talking about you're ta- talking about the Texans. My bad. No, I am talking about the Texans, but I'm referencing the Cardinals. Right. David Johnson they did... had 11 carries, 37 yards. Kyle Murray yeah. had a run for his life, eight carries, 69 yards. Obviously, you want your running back to have more yards than your quarterback, but still, I uh, I can understand the circumstance. But so, going up against the Carolina defense, I know they got Luke Keekley and all that, but they still couldn't stop the run, and there's still yardage played. So. Carlos Hyde, uh, Duke Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I definitely see those two having a a, de- a better day than against the Chargers, who is a much better um, run stuff defense. So I would I would play either, but I'll be I'll be very cautioned about it. Um, if I had to play one of them, I'll take Hyde mainly because he gets he's more production wise as far as the run. It, um, I agree. I definitely think Hyde over Duke Johnson this week. I think the only time you really want to play Duke Johnson is games you think the Texans are going to lose and have to pass a lot more. Like a, like against the Saints week one. That was the week to play Duke Johnson, but these last few weeks, and I agree with this week too, is not the week to play Duke Johnson. No, but and I love Hyde. So yeah, I agree with you there. And, and here's the other thing. Uh, as far as Houston's pass catchers, I don't know. I mean, one week, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had a hot hand. The next week, Will Fora had a hot hand. This week, it was Kenny Stills who had a hot hand. Jordan Atkins, where the hell did he come from? Had two touchdowns. Like, yeah, Jordan Atkins is, uh, he, 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 he hadn't, it's, it is weird because he hadn't been seeing the field very much, uh, and even well, this game, like it's it's funny. It's funny. In week three, he played the least amount of snaps he had played all year, but yet had his best fantasy game, which again speaks to tight end snaps are really misleading because uh, there's a lot of blocking snaps in there. Um, it was weird though that he got the two touchdowns and he got the red zone look. So it's I don't know. And so you don't know who the hot hand is. Obviously, you're going to play D Hub. He had six yeah. out of seven targets for six seven yards. You spent the first round pick on him. But when you're getting outscored by Kenny Stills, who, you know, came in and he has four receptions off of six targets for 89 yards, I mean, and then you got Jordan Atkins. Granted, he did have a 53-yard run for a touchdown, I'm pretty sure. So Reception. No, no, he had 53 yards to a touchdown. Yeah, okay. Oh, it was like a catch-and-run kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. You're fine. I, I mean... So it, it's all about who has a hot hand, and I don't know who has the hot hand anymore. I mean, obviously, we always knew it was D-Hop. You know, Nuke always had the hot hand. He was always the best, but I, I don't know who it is anymore, and it's it's starting to become a lot scarier to think about. I think a scary proposition is Will Fuller this week just because the Panthers have a pass rush that will force Watson to get rid of the ball quicker, kind of similar to the Chargers last week. So may, maybe another Jordan Aikens week is in favor, right? Dumping down to the tight end. 
Although, again, you think against the Chargers, Duke Johnson would have got more than three targets. So the fact that he's really not seeing much uses there makes him scared. Like I've already mentioned, I, I don't really want to play Duke Johnson. Um, if Kiki Kuti could get healthy, this seems like the type of game that they would use him in. But until he we see him do it fully healthy through a game, like he didn't even see a target last week. Uh, he's really not getting very much playing time at all. Like, what was the snap count on it? Only 28%. Like, Stills is on the field about twice as much as he is. And really, week two wasn't that different. Kuti was actually more. He was 44% to 38% by Stills. So the fact that that went backwards for Kuti is a really big concern and maybe speaks to how much they trust Stills. Fuller's always on the field, but again, this is a tough matchup for him as a deep threat. I don't want to say benched Fuller, but I think, you know, he's more of a maybe, right? Like, if you... If you have no other real good options at wide receiver, you can you can play him. Uh, but if you have better matchup options, I'd look elsewhere. Uh, just because we're pressed for time, I'm going to quickly get through this game, and it shouldn't take long. It's the Chiefs and Lions. Play everybody. Neither of these defenses are very good. Um, which, I mean, you should be playing every Chief you have that's starting on the team anyway. So Mahomes, Kelsey, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman. You know, those guys are all automatic starts at this point, at least until Tyree Hill comes back. Then we can sort. Of, oh, yeah. Sammy Watkins. I forgot about Sammy Watkins. Right. Like those once once Hill's back, we sort that out. We see how they how they change and the usage changes. But until then, like those five guys are starts every week. Uh, running back wise, we're going to have to see like f- figure out actives and actives. It doesn't seem like Damian Williams is going to play this week. Like, it, I, did he practice today? Who, Damian Williams? No. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. So if assuming he's out, uh, we'll have to see what what uh, LaShawn McCoy is going through. He got a lot of usage, especially around the goal line. Uh, three carries, three targets in the red zone. Um, but it's similar to that was kind of what Williams had in week one. So maybe if McCoy, if, uh, McCoy keeps having that, I'd, I'd still play him. But it's we'll wait to see. You know, if he doesn't practice at all this week, and then maybe a, if Daryl Williams starts and like suddenly McCoy. McCoy and William Damian Williams are out. Daryl Williams, I think, is a good start to play this week because you just simple simple volume fact. He's going to get a lot of the red uh, the running back carries, and even Darwin Thompson then becomes kind of a an issue. So wait and see, right? If McCoy's playing, McCoy's the guy to play. And I don't know that Damian Daryl Williams really is that valuable, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But otherwise, Chiefs receiving options are must plays. Lions, I think the passing game is great. Carry on Johnson. The, it's not that the Chiefs' defense is bad as the reason that this is a bad matchup, but if this the game script gets out of hand and the Lions just have to pass the whole time, Kerryon Johnson could see his upside limited. He got all the goal line carries last week, all the red zone work from running back, so that's a good sign for him. So I think you still play him, but I definitely like playing Colladay in this matchup. I like playing Marvin Jones here. This is another matchup where they're going to have to huck the ball and a deep threat like Jones, this could be a boom week for him. Uh, TJ Hawkinson probably gets good play at tight end. Uh, and even Danny Amendola, I think if you if you're desperate at wide receiver, I think he can give you a solid floor at, at a production. Uh, anything to object there? Or do you want to go to Raiders and Colts? We can go Raiders and Colts. All right. Well, uh, take us home, Alessandro. Finish up uh, riding uh, either a pirate ship or a horse. We're not really sure, but the Raiders and the Colts. <laughs> it's a battle of who you really don't want to be playing with. Um, <laughs> Colts. Um, <laughs> I don't trust anybody. You know, T.Y. Hilton, he's always been a really good back. He's been listed all the time on the reports. But after he has one and only touchdown in the game, he literally ran to the locker room and did not play a game after that. That that worries me a lot. So I wouldn't play him. 
Um, I'd be looking for guys like Paris Campbell and all that next man up status. I mean, that's the only thing I can see going for um, the Colts. As far as running backs, I don't trust any of the running backs. Granted, it, this is against Oakland, but it's not good. Um, just as an FYI, Darius Leonard did not practice because of concussion, so he's not looking like he'll play, which mm-hmm. definitely enforces a lot of things. But as far as running backs go, you could play Marlon Mack or Nikhil Himes. I would go with Mack more because he's more of a rushing back. Agreed. So, yeah, definitely, definitely, I think. Yeah, and then um, they cut uh, Ryan Grant, the Oakland Raiders. So uh, look for Hunter, Hunter Renfro for a flex option for a massive day. I mean, you, you got Tyrell Williams, but after that, it's a uh, crapshoot of receivers. It, you may get um, – um, What's your boy? What's your name? Uh, the the Darren Waller, pretty sure. Make Darren sure. Waller, though, the, yeah, the Raiders tight end, yeah, Darren Waller. Yeah, you can look to Darren Waller to have a bigger day. Obviously, he's definitely the tight end in there. But uh, Tyrell Williams, and then it's going to be Hunter Renfro. Uh, look for him to have a big day. You're going to play Josh Jacobs because the Colts can't defend anything. With Darius Leonard having a concussion and most likely out, they will lose their run stop. So. Josh Jacobs, they'll probably just feed him the ball and they'll win the game that way. Um, as far as uh, Carr goes, I wouldn't play him. Nala should do in a super flex. Same thing with Jacoby Brissett. They both have good upsides uh, for super flex, but not single QB leagues. Um, like I said, Nahil Himes, don't play him. Play Marlon Mack. Play Josh Jacobs. And as far as pass catchers go, Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro for the um, the Oakland Raiders and is for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, don't play Hilton because he may be hurt. That's a situation you have to monitor. But uh, Ebron, Jack Doyle, Paris Campbell are those guys I'm going to target over uh, Zach Pascal or Mo Alleycox or something like that. Um, but even then, that's still uh, iffy to play. As far as defenses goes, um, I'm not trusting either. So, yeah, because both these defenses haven't been that great this year, which is kind of why I like your point about the super flex, though. I think both options are good QB twos for a super flex league, especially in comparison to a lot of the guys we've talked about today. Like we talked about Mariota not being a great matchup. We talked about even Tom Brady not being a great matchup. Uh, what was the last? There's a, a few guys, right? Like we were worried uh, about both about both Case Keenum and uh, Daniel Jones, right? I think I'd rather play Jacoby Brissett over all those guys. Um, so I, I'm, I'm full go on, on Brissett. I don't know that the Raiders defense is that imposing. They've allowed the 12th most points to fantasy quarterbacks this year. I feel like the only reason it's not in the top 10 is because teams have run so much, which again, points back to Marlon Mack being maybe the best player in this matchup to play. Uh, although again, with Darius Leonard out, I, I also like the call of playing Josh Jacobs. Uh, I know for me, I've got him in one league as my RB one. So that's definitely a league I can't really afford to bench him in. Although I do have enough high end running back depth. It's still... I haven't. I've started him every game this year, and it's probably going to continue. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that was uh, that was pretty solid. Uh, but again, I, I'm I have a little bit more faith in Carr and Brissett, just because I don't think either of these defenses are great. Um, so yeah, that uh, so we did eight of our games uh, this week. There aren't sixteen games because, as we mentioned, bye week started. So your Jets are on bye, uh, which again is great for Jets fans because you won't lose this week. And the Forty yeah, Niners. The 49ers must be loving it because then through week four, 49ers fans can still say our team is undefeated. So this, that, that this week isn't changing that at all. 
so we can brag for an extra week. Um, but yeah, so we'll do our the other seven games as well as a recap of the Thursday night game probably on Friday. Uh, and then uh, we'll get you into the week that way. Uh, and then, of course, as always, Sunday morning from 11 to 1230, we'll be on Sportscaster Live streaming, talking about some sit starts. And then we'll also talk about the final actives and actives list. So we know for sure some of these fantasy decisions that we're trying to make. Sometimes it's the information isn't always there because you talk about T.Y. Hilton. I think if T.Y. Hilton practices at least once this week, I'm playing him. If he practices Friday and he's he's active on, on game day, I'm playing him over any other Colts receiver because he's getting all the volume of the targets. He's getting all the red zone. Well, not all the red zone targets. He's getting a lot of red zone targets, even more so than I think he's accustomed to. So I, I like the way Brissett uses him, certainly. So uh, to me, uh, especially, I, I think I've only got Hilton in one spot, and in that league, he's my wide receiver one. So if he's if he's playing, he's in my lineup. Uh, now, I, I understand wide receiver heavy approach where Hilton's your wide receiver three. Then, okay, I want my wide receiver three flex to be an upside shoot. Maybe limited, he doesn't have quite the upside. Uh, but other than in situations like that, I, I don't know. I kind of disagree with you there, Alessandro. Again, as long as he practices. If he goes through the whole week not practicing and they activate him, and it's that's when I think I kind of start to lean towards, I don't know, I think in that league, a guy like Mike Williams or Christian Kirk. So I, I while I agree, I think, again... This is another thing that we need more information to fully answer. So let's uh, wait and see what happens tomorrow and Friday's practices. And, uh, and that'll give us hopefully some clues on T.Y. Hilton. Anyway, uh, Alessandro, do you have any final words for this episode? No, it's definitely going to be an interesting week, Kyle. I think so. Uh, and uh, this was, I think, an interesting episode of the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, our week four preview. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at FPC underscore fantasy pod. You can also follow your co-hosts, um, Alessandro at AM underscore Senator, Kayla Morton at MortonSalt74, and myself, Kyle Senra, at Nyama underscore KS. Uh, be sure to check out the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts and like, subscribe, and leave reviews. That really appreciate that. Also, be sure to check us out live, or not live, but on the Full Press Radio Network that streams live 24-7 including uh, our podcast episodes in syndication, as well as a lot of great content from Full Press Coverage. Uh, and of course, as always, check out Full Press Coverage website for all sorts of great articles. Uh, it includes my Red Zone uh, report, which uh, should come out either today or tomorrow, as well as Kayla Morton's Sit Start weekly article. Um, so yeah, check all that on fullpresscoverage.com or on Twitter at FP Coverage. So on behalf of Alessandro and Kayla... As again, my name is Kyle Senra, and thank you all for listening to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast.